Jarvan's royal guardsmen believed they could halt his charge. They were wrong. He cut them down one by one until only he and the king remained. Battered and fatigued, any lesser man would have given up the attack, but he was a true son of Noxus. He battled Jarvan beyond the point of breaking and was finally bested, but not beaten. With his dying breath, he locked his fingers around the king's throat and broke the will of a nation. Welcome to League of Lore, a podcast about the lore of League of Legends and other properties set in the Runeterran universe. I'm your host, Jacob, or Skullhead Soldiers, and let's begin. Now, the relationship between the countries of Demacia and Noxus is fraught with conflict and differing ideals. We're not going to be talking about Noxus a lot today. This is more about how Demacia views Noxus and other outside peoples, but I will have to talk about some aspects of Noxus so that you can better understand why they're so different. It all comes back to this idea that the Demacia is a pretty isolationist nation. They don't like expanding too much. They have their territory and they like to stay safe in that territory and just be left alone for the most part. However, Noxus is a very expansionistic kingdom, or empire really, it's the Noxian Empire. They're very expansionistic, they've been expanding all over the place, all over Valoran, and off into uh, a little bit of Shirima, and in later down the timeline, even all the way into Ionia. But in this early period of Demacia and Noxus's history, Noxus was expanding towards the southern uh, border between the two countries. Specifically, they were going along like the southern coastline of Valoran. And as they were expanding outwards, they got closer and closer to the Demacian lands. And it is due to this that the tension between the two kingdoms kept rising up and up. Now, to be clear, it's a bit unclear if Noxus had any plans to expand into Demacian territory precisely. But it doesn't really matter, because what happened was, is due to how close they got to Demacian lands... King Jarvan I, uh, as far as we know, possibly one of the first kings, if not the first king of Demacia, did not like this. And so he marched out with his armies into the southern lands and decided to drive Noxus back. And not just drive him back, but even begin to take their territory for Demacia itself. It, it is kind of crazy when you think about that. Demacia, is, like I said, is a fairly isolationist country. This is the first time they really show it in any indication of expanding outwards. But it seems to be they're expanding outwards to possibly create a buffer zone. It's a bit unclear. But either way, they want Noxus away from their borders. So they're going to push out and drive them out as far as they can. Now, as they do this, it starts getting complicated. Because Jar King Jarvan I had a massive army. The numbers are unclear, but we know that when they eventually meet another Noxian army... Uh, throughout their expansion, it's literally a tenth of the size of the Demacian forces, which is kind of crazy because in modern times, it's usually the other way around. Noxus tends to have very big armies, while Demacia has very 
small but very precise and good army. So it's kind of interesting that that kind of turned around. But in this early period, the Masi had the much, much bigger army, and it looked like it was a surefire victory. Uh, once they get to this fort, they get this fort, probably get a little uh, a zone that they can lock down, put as their territory as an outpost, and they would probably be pretty safe from any further Noxian incursions. This did not go over well with the Noxians inside the fort. They realized that they were very much in danger, and the logical thing to do were to, was to be to stay inside the fort and f- force the Demosians to come to them. However, a warrior by the name of Sion, who seems to be in charge of the, of the Noxian defense forces in this fort, decides, no, I'm putting an end to not just this battle, but this entire war effort. And how he decides to do this is to cut off the head of the snake. He wants to go after King Jarvan I and put him down. Because the Demosians don't have a leader, they can't fight a war, and the war will be over. So, he marches out with his army against an army ten times his size and just charges. He has one target, and that target is the king, and he just keeps going. He plows through the front lines, the mid lines, all the way through the back line, all the way, like, van- like nothing can stop him. The vanguard, the rear guard, nothing. Eventually he gets to the royal guards, and the royal guards think, oh, we're, the, we're the really, really tough. We can hold them off. They just get slaughtered by Sion, and he plows through them like, they're, like, we- like a scythe through-, through wheat. Like, he just plows right through them. It's, it's not even a fair contest. And then he gets to the king. And credit to the king, he puts up a really, really good fight. Uh, Sion is really worn down. He had to fight through an entire army to get to him. So the fight is looking in the king's favor. And in fact, the king is able to kill Sion. However, Sion's dying act is to grab King Jarvan I's throat and break his neck and rip the crown from his head as he dies. In this moment, he he literally broke the will of Demacia. Demacia decided, nope, that's it, and the Demacian army fled. Their king is dead. And as far as we can tell, Demacia had never expanded again like this. They have never expanded out into Noxian territory. They have never expanded out into the Freljord. They have stayed in their current borders, as far as we can tell. They do have some allies that they have, so their borders are a little wonky in that sense. But, in terms of the true Demacian lands, they have never expanded since. They are staying where they are. They're stationary. They're going no further. Now, what makes this interesting is these two nations, who are now have a long history of conflict between each other... It all started over just a conflict over territory. It was just, they both wanted the southern lands. Noxus got there first. Demacia tried to drive them out to make a buffer zone and also to claim those lands for themselves. And in the end, they lost a king. And Noxus lost a, a great warrior. And due to this, there has been this long-standing rivalry between these two powers. Noxus continuously wanted to expand outwards and potentially get vengeance for the death of, of Sion, but probably not. It's more just they just want to uh, show up Demacia. Demacia hates Noxus, though. They killed their first king, King Jarvan I, and ever since then, they had this long-standing hatred of anything Noxian, and they, just, they don't want to just drive them away from them anymore. 
even though they no longer want to be expansionists. But Demasi, what they want to do is just wipe Noxus off the planet if they could. But right now they can't. They're, they're too small. Noxus is way too big. And so they buy their time and continue fighting off any Noxine invasions or Noxine incursions into their territory for, for as long as they can. This is like the true essence of the conflict. It is a conflict between Demacia view themselves as exceptional, as the ideal, as, this, as these guardians and protectors of order. While Noxus is just like all this about might. It's all about might makes right in a very, um, I almost want to say a, a mercantile kind of sense. Not mercantile, um, in a very meritocratic sense. But not exactly. We'll, we'll get into that when we get to Noxus. But... It really is Nox Demacene exceptionalism versus Noxian might. And in this initial conflict between the two nations, Noxus won, and Demacia was driven back. Now, we're going to get into a later conflict that comes up that really encapsulates the relationship between the two countries. But before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break. Hello, this is Charlie Transmutation coming to you with another PSA announcement. No, Charlie, this is a commercial. What? Crap! Nobody told me that. Well, what are you supposed to do in this thing anyway? Well, Charlie, I'm glad you asked. This is the part where we introduce our new homebrew 5e D&D podcast, The Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit, where we explore the homebrew world of Alteris using homebrew rules and homebrew material from the Dungeon Master's Guild. Eh, sounds boring. I'm out of here. See you later, Charlie. We hope to have you guys come check us out soon. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to help spread the show or simply get more content, you can follow the official Twitter at League of Lore 2 for updates on the podcast and other lore tidbits, as well as rate or follow the podcast on your podcatcher of choice. You can also follow my Twitch account, twitch.tv slash Soldiers, where I stream myself playing League of Legends and other games and discuss the lore and gameplay of those properties. I also just want to make a quick note, it is thanks to all you listeners, people like you, that the show continues to grow, and it drives me forwards in this exploration of this League of Legends universe. I love this universe, and just knowing that people out there uh, care to learn more about it, just gives me so much joy, and so I'll continue doing this as long as I can. And with that, let's get back to the show. Now, like I said, there have been many, many conflicts between Demacia and Noxus. We don't have exact numbers, but we know that as long as the two kingdoms have existed, and ever since that initial death of King Jarvan the First, they have just been in conflict. They hate each other. They've been uh, butting heads ever since. No, diplomacy has always failed. It's always been conflict after conflict after conflict. And this really kind of comes to a head uh, once again, when the uh, Prince Jarvan IV is given the honorary rank of general. Now, being a general as a prince is kind of like a more, like I said, it's an honorary position. It's just like, yeah, you're a general, but please don't go and fight. But the prince wanted to prove himself to his father, to King Jarvan III, that he could be a good leader. And so he decided... In order to do that, he was going to march out back into those same southern lands of Demas between Demacia and Noxus, where there's a, it seems to be like a fort or some type of fortification called the Gates of Mourning. And he heads out into that location. It's been unclear what exactly he's planning on doing once he gets there, but we do know 
that what he wants to do while in the location is to basically quell all the uh, all the chaos that's been stirred up by Noxus's presence towards Demacia's borders. There's apparently like lots of bandits, lots of instability in the region. So he basically wants to go in there with his army, calm everything down, and potentially take the Gates of Mourning as like an outpost. Unfortunately for him, even though he has a Dauntless Vanguard, they don't get to the Gates in time, and the Gates are taken by the Trifarian Legion. Now, the Trifarian Legion are essentially Noxus's equivalent to the Dauntless Vanguard, and the Dauntless Vanguard and the Trifarian Legion are essentially, they're the elite of the elite, they're like the Marines, or uh, equivalent, uh, very high-skilled military organizations. They are the cream of the crop. I don't want to call them special forces exactly, but in the sense of uh, the Rintarian universe, they're pretty close. They're like a larger special forces unit that is its own little military force. Its own. That's why I said it's closer to like the Marines and the United States military. And they are very powerful. And so once he hears this, Jarvan's like, oh no, that, that outpost is now taken by the elite of Noxus what to do, and he decides to, okay, I'm just going to continue marching into Noxus, uh, potentially to get to the Gates of Morning. it's a bit unclear, but we do know that he do- he never gets even close, he doesn't even get to another city that's close by, he is out fighting, and he keeps being assaulted by Noxian Warband after Noxian Warband, he was wearing down his army, until they just can't go on any further, and they're in danger of being totally defeated and captured. So, in, in the last bid, his army, they decide to surrender, they try to retreat, not surrender. They refuse to surrender, decide to retreat into the nearby forest in the location. And they all, they all flee. Along with Jarvan, they all flee. Now, eventually, uh, Jarvan is able to get back to Demacia after uh, nearly getting killed. Uh, he's able to get help by Shivana, who we'll discuss later. And after helping Shivana out with a thing, they become friends, and it's a whole thing. By the way, what's important is Jarvan the Fourth, Prince Jarvan the Fourth, basically kind of fell for the same thing that the King Jarvan the First did, which was trying to expand farther than you wanted to. He was told by his lieutenants not to do this, so he ret- so when it became very obvious, he eventually did retreat. He went back to Demacia, and once again, the conflict is continued. The Noxians and the Demacians continue to fight even all the way up to Prince Jarvan IV. And because of this, we kind of see that Demacia's uh, view of the world, it shifts. After the death of King Jarvan I, and now up into uh, Prince Jarvan IV's attempt at uh, stopping Noxian problems in the surrounding Demacian regions, it kind of increases Demacia's isolationism. They begin cutting themselves off more and more from the world, and don't like they only have a few allies, and that's about all who they interact with. But overall, they just don't want to interact with anyone. They don't trade with anyone, and possible parts of this could be have been influenced by that initial conflict with Noxus. Their first neighbor, you could say, they they got in contact with, they were in conflict with, and then they lost their king to them. And so ever since then, they're like, nope. Mm-hmm. That's it. We're staying within our borders. Everyone else stay out. It has a very similar feel to kind of like a I think a Transylvania with Vlad the Impaler. 
Transylvania was oftentimes assailed from all fronts by um, by surrounding enemies, and they became very, very hyper-isolationist, and Vlad the Impaler got really, really cruel and used cruel methods to essentially ward off any invasions by the Turks, uh, by uh, by Turkish uh, forces. And that's kind of the same thing here in Demacia. Although instead of doing like such brutal tactics as Vlad the Impaler is, they are surrounded by what they view as enemies, and so they make their their forces incredibly sturdy, very structured defenses, they're very organized, and they view everyone as an enemy. Anyone who is not Demacian is the enemy. And it's really kind of encapsulates why Demacia is such a problematic kind of country. Because when you view everyone else as the enemy, you... Well, first of all, you don't make many friends. But second off, you become very isolated and very... In a sense, you don't want uh, any outside influence. Like, you become very isolationist, you become very isolated, and you become very insular. And you just drive out any outside thought, any outside processes. You just are who you are. And because of that, they don't change. Demasi has not changed a lot since the loss of their first king. And it really shows. They still hate mages. They still have all these problematic things going on in their country. And they still don't like outsiders. They don't like anyone who's not Demasian. And this has been the case. Literally everyone else outside of Demacia they are viewed as basically barbarians, except for like the one or two countries that have somehow become allies with them. And even though they're not really full-blown countries, they're more like small little townships that have allied themselves with Demacia. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. All the Freljord? Barbarians. Noxus? Big barbarians. Shirima? We don't even care about Shirima. Just ignore it. It just encapsulates how much Demacia is so stuck in their ways. And it all came about because of this first interaction with an outside power. It really drove home this ideal of the outside, the outsider, wrong, bad, evil, chaotic, but Demacian, ordered, sophisticated, exceptional, pure. And in that sense, Demacian now views themselves as like the one shining beacon of order in a world filled with chaos, with Noxus being the primary adversary. They are the antithesis to Demacia in Demacia's eyes, and who knows, it's probably going to lead into another war later down the line. It seems inevitable at this point. But we'll just have to see with the ruination going on right now, the, the major rebellion not long before that. Who knows if Demacia will even recover enough to do anything about Noxus. And we'll just have to see. It's a very complicated situation. And I hope that Demacia Abe was able to grow out of the isolationist ways, uh, thanks to people like Lux and a few other characters. But with uh, recent events, especially the Major Rebellion, and now the Ruination, who knows? But despite all this, I hope you all enjoyed the discussion on the conflict between Demacia and Noxus, and how it has influenced Demacia's perspective on the wider world. If you have any questions or thoughts, uh, please send them in your reviews on your podcatcher of choice, or to loreroomterra at gmail.com. You can also now send them through the Discord channel League of Lore on the Robots Radio Network Discord, and they'll be answered next episode. On the next episode of League of Lore, we're going to be talking about the truest defender of the Masia, but also probably 
a bit too magical with Demacia, but they don't seem to care very much. We're talking about the Colossus of Demacia, Galio. See you all next time.